welcome to The Last Track, where we help people showcase the last track of their life story in their final wishes. I am your host, Brian Norris, the co-owner of Bateman Funeral Home in Newport, Oregon. Just like a song can bring you back to a day, a time, and a memory, so too can a well-planned service. Today, we're going to be talking about a few religious rituals and religious beliefs that happen during funeral services. Make sure you share it and pass it on to other friends if you think that they might be interested in it as well. Let's first start with Buddhists. Now, this is not going to be at all completely in-depth. This is just going to talk a little bit about it. Buddhist rites that they have at services. And... Most of these are things that we do here in the in Oregon, and we've done them up in the Portland area. We've done them down here on the coast. They can vary from place to place just a little bit, but just know that this is something that would, if you were to walk into a Buddhist service, what you would see. One of the first things that you would see is going to be a mat. This particular mat is red and yellow. It's a beautiful big mat. It, it actually is placed in front of a table, and then people will come and kneel on a mat, and they'll say their prayers, and, and I'll talk a little bit about what they're praying to and what they're doing. This mat is one that we use here, and we've and here on the coast, and I've seen it used up in the Portland metro area in Portland as well, and we lay it down on the ground, we have the individual on the other side of the mat, as well as a table. And on the table, and a lot of times you'll see two different tables, but on the table, you will find in front of the person, generally a large picture of that individual that's passed away. And you'll see that large picture there. Next to the picture, you might find a plate and on that plate will have fruit or rice or some type of a food offering. And that food that's going to be on that plate is for that individual. And it's an offering. And if you're going to do a two or a three day, like a multiple day viewing, at the end of each day, that food is taken away. And there'll be new fruit or vegetables or rice or that type of thing placed on that table. Also on that table, you're going to find some incense. And I'm not going to say the name of it other than it says Joss stick at the bottom. And this particular incense is one that is very popular and is used in Asian services. And each one of these incense is kind of a yellow color with red. And it has a very particular odor to it. And so when once you've smelled this incense being burning, uh, you will never forget it. It's nice and it actually, it, it permeates through the chapel. And, and honestly, it, it might even stay for two or three or four days uh, in the chapel. We, we had a service here recently where we burned incense that was here. And it was, it was kind of a wonderful thing. I'd open the back door to come into work and I could smell it 
just coming through the back door, and that was after the weekend. The incense will be a lot of times placed where it will have a plate at the bottom of some sort to catch the ashes as the, as the ashes burn down the incense. Sometimes, and up in the Portland area, we would have a large bowl, and we could place the incense. It would be lit, and then it would be placed into the rice bowl and was held in the rice bowl so that you could have multiple incense burning in that rice bowl. That was a good way of doing it. That way, multiple people, as they come in, they would kneel on the mat, and then they would light the incense and place it there for the individual. The other thing that you'll find on that table would be some sort of a candle holder. And most of the time, they had red candles. And so you'd have a brass or you would have a glass candle holder and a red candle placed on it. And most of the time there was two, one on either side of the picture, and they could light both of those candles. Those candles were on that table with the photo of that individual. Sometimes you'll also find offerings. Maybe family would bring in new robes for a monk and they would place that under the table as well as part of an offering for the individual that's passed away. And then it would go to that temple who's conducting the services. The other table that you would find in there will have a picture or a figurine of Buddha on the table. And then the exact same thing on that table will be there, which will have again, a candle holder with the red candle. It will have a bowl for food offering. And there'll also be some sort of incense holder to place incense in uh, and light those incense. And that's kind of what you'll find at a Buddhist service. You might arrive at the same time that they might have some monks in there saying prayers, as well as have a little drum, a little knocker, and you'll, and you'll never forget it. You'll hear a <coughs> as they're doing the knocking while they're also saying prayers. And they'll have it either in a sing-song manner, and it's beautiful once you've heard it, or you'll hear it just with the prayers being chanted. And it's a beautiful thing to witness. It's a beautiful thing to participate in. You may also find during a service, you might also find a rope that's in the casket that comes out of the casket and is laying across the, the laps of the monks. And you might see that as well. Not going to get into all of the religious beliefs, and those are things that you can look up as well. But don't be surprised if you see that, as well as there may be a number. There might be two or three or four or five monks that are there. And depending on the individual, depending on the kind of the status of the individual, as well as maybe that person may have been a member of their temple for years. And so you're going to have multiple monks that will be there. Some of them you might even find are brothers or the father or a son sitting in as well with the monks helping to to do the service. So don't be surprised if you see that as well. But that is kind of these, just a very brief 
delving into a, a Buddhist service. One other thing I'd like to mention too is depending on the age of the person that has passed away, sometimes you'll see them with a deep red wearing that. The older that they are, the more red that they will be wearing, the deeper red. And it gets lighter and lighter until you can have almost kind of a pink color. And we had some younger people pass away. And so they had lighter, more pink-like items instead of a dark red mat and dark red candles. They were lighter. And that was something that I was informed as well, which is, a, is an interesting aspect. You also might find people wearing, you know, a ribbon around their arm. It'll be a white ribbon that's tied white and black, depending, you know, on the sex of the individual and the relationship to them. So that that way, each different ribbon around the arm represents a different uh, relationship status to the person that's passed away. It might be a son or a daughter. It might be a grandchild, that type of thing. That will also let you know as well who's there and who's the relative and who and what degree of relationship they have. So those are some things to look into. Very interesting. And let me stop for a second and tell you, it is an absolute honor to be able to serve these families, to be able to be welcomed, to be an observer and sometimes a participant in these really special sacred rituals. And it's a special honor to be given, to be trusted enough to be able to be involved in these types of services. And I'll tell you, that's one of the reasons to get into this industry. And I'm not trying to sell you to get into the industry. I'm just telling you one of the reasons I'm in it, because this being able to do this for a family is extremely sacred. And it's a great honor. Let's talk a little bit about some Catholic services. Normally, there's going to be some holy water that's going to be involved. And that water will have been blessed, maybe at a grotto, or maybe a father has blessed that water. And that's going to be used at different times during a service, especially if you're at a, a church or if you're here, as the casket enters into the narthex and gets into the, uh, the beginning part of the chapel. The, you'll see a casket stop. And then at that point, there'll be some prayers. And then there's going to be a pall. And a pall is just, it looks like a, a blanket of some sort that goes over a casket. If you see somebody coming in with a flag on the casket, that flag will be removed. First off, you can't place anything on top of a flag. But second, the flag will come off of the casket and be placed in the back on a bench. If there's flowers on a casket, you know, if there's a beautiful casket spray on it, that casket spray is going to come off that casket and be placed at the back of the church on a pew. And then a very simple, sometimes elegant, but mostly pretty simple, there's going to be a pall or like a, a blanket placed on the casket. On that will probably have a cross. Sometimes you'll see it with where it looks like a very standard cross. And it's, looks, it's just a normal cross. And it might be in the design of the hall. And so that is going to be placed on the casket with the cross at the higher end of the cross over the head portion of the casket. 
most of the time there's going to be a universal Paul. And that's because people just can't seem to get it right. And that's good for us funeral directors too, because sometimes it's, it's kind of stressful and you're trying to make sure you're getting everything right and you're laying the Paul and you're having the Paul bearers or yourselves placing it over and you get it upside down. If it's a universal, it literally is like a cross going right exactly through the middle of the casket. So you can't screw it up. But the Paul will go on everyone. And if you listen really close to what the priest is saying, or whoever's the officiant of that service, they will say something to the effect that everyone is born into this world the same. And everybody goes out of this world the same. And it's a pretty poignant thing to say, because when you're born into this world, you're naked and you're just like everybody else born into this world. We all come into this world the same. And when we die, the manner of death may be different for everybody, but the result is still the same. And there's always that saying, you've never seen, you know, a trailer hooked on the back of a hearse going to a going to a service because everybody goes out of this world the same. And so that is a beautiful lesson that is taught to everybody that's attending that service. You'll also find a, a crucifix in a Catholic service is going to be a little bit different than what is considered a Christian cross. The Christian cross is a very plain cross. Maybe wood, might be metal, that type of thing. A, a crucifix in a Catholic service, and it has on the top, it says INRI at the very top, which is going to be written in a different language. It stands for something different. But then there's going to be Jesus that's actually hanging on the cross as well. And that is a very, very traditional Catholic cross. A lot of people are placed in the casket with one of these and it go and it's sealed in the casket with a person holding one. The other thing that may be is during the viewing portion and during the rosary portion, this cross may have been placed in the casket up, you know, up in the top portion of the casket and it would be sitting there. And at the end of that, generally at the end of the rosary and, and the end of the viewing, the funeral director or somebody will remove this cross and then the priest will bless the cross, and then we would present it to the family, possibly the widow or the widower, or the son or daughter, or the family member that's representing the deceased, and they would receive the cross. And they can have that in their home to, re to remember that person by. And a lot of times they ask us if we just leave it in the casket with the person as well. You'll also find in a Catholic service, you'll see some beads and these are rosary beads and generally they can be of any different color they could be wood they can be pearl they could be all kinds of different things but they will have the beads and each one of these stations here has a meaning so you've heard the term pray the rosary well as the person is praying at the rosary praying for the individual praying the rosary and they're going through and they're saying our fathers the different prayers that go at each one of these stations. So when you pray the rosary, you pray the rosary and each one of these things has a stopping point so that you're saying different prayers and you're talking about different things. And at the bottom you have 
in most rosaries, not all, but in most rosaries, you'll have the Virgin Mary or La Señora de Guadalupe, or you'll have some representation at the end of the rosary. The praying of the rosary will happen prior to an actual mass, funeral mass. A lot of times they do the rosary the night before, or they do it just before the funeral mass. A lot of times we'll do it right just before noon, the noon mass. And then it just gets incorporated into a regular mass. And then they do the different portion where they will bless the casket. They'll use holy water. They'll use some some incense, some smoke around the casket. And that's what will take place in the Catholic service. And many, 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 many times the personal rosary that was maybe the favorite of the grandma or the mother or the father or that type of thing will be placed in the person's hands if they're being buried and they'll be placed in his hands in the casket. So we've talked about a lot of different things. We've talked about Holy Communion as well that will take place during the Mass. That generally, as you're going through a funeral Mass, they will have an offer of Holy Communion to the family members of the decedent, as well as the rest of the congregation that may be there present. We have coming up right now, we're going to talk just briefly about Jewish rituals and traditions. And again, if you have more questions, you can always reference this. I'm sure if you were to just Google it as well. In a Jewish service, there's going to be a few things that people need to think about. There's going to be some timelines. And you'll want to meet some of those timelines. Sometimes it's three days. And that can be a challenge if, depending on the manner of death, and you're working through coroners and MEs and everybody else, there can be some challenges. If they're going to be buried, say a lot of families opt for that option, there may be some requirements around the casket as well, because the casket needs to be all wood. And it's called an Aaron. And it's made out of all wood, there's nothing metal in those caskets. So when you're thinking about hinges and handles and latches and things to close, they may not want that. Sometimes there's the request that also before they're being placed in the ground, that there's holes drilled in the sides of that casket. And that's to allow the earth to come in because it's a very natural burial. A lot of times and most of the time, there's not the option for embalming. So you have some other things, hygiene things around that that you need to work with. There may be some prayers. You know, there's the Shiva Society. They will come in and there will be some prayers and they'll be outside the room of where the person has been placed. And so again, there's some coordination and things that need to take place there. There's prayer shawls. There's different readings and recitings of the Psalms that takes place. So there's, there's a number of different things as you're working through them, and it depends on if they're very traditional, Orthodox Jew, if they're a more modern version. Uh, we've had a few surprises where it was, yeah, it's okay to put them in a, in a metal casket. It's okay to do a cremation, you know, and it depends on the family. So if some of the family are extremely traditional and they want that tradition, then you go through those steps to try to make sure that those things are that are available for that family as much as you can. Had a situation down here where we had a person that was 
requesting to have some Jewish things done. And because of the manner of death and that type of thing, it was really difficult. But let me tell you, we worked as close as we could with them to be able to have somebody sitting outside saying the prayers, watching over the deceased, those types of things. We, we did everything we could to try to accommodate the beliefs of that individual. Mormon LDS religions have different beliefs and different traditions. There's something that's called if they've gone through the temple. That means that the person has gone to the temple and received their endowments. That are some special blessings and things that take place in the temple. And so, therefore, they're going to be wearing special religious clothing. Uh, not, not only uh, in, interior clothing, like underwear, but there will also be some exterior clothing that they may want to be buried in, depending on if they're active members or not, depending on if the family wants to have those robes placed or not. And there's different things that they're going to be doing. Usually, the elders will come in and dress the men. The women will have the sisters come in, the, the Relief Society, and they'll address the women. And then there'll be, there can be viewings, and, and they would be either placed in a casket. Sometimes, if they're going to be cremated, they're just in on a table in their temple clothing. And then people will say their final goodbyes. And there's different things that take place with that as well. And I don't want to get into too many sacred things about that, but just know that if you have an LDS friend and you're not LDS yourself and you go to a viewing, then you can expect to see some temple clothing if they were temple endowed. You'll see rather than just a suit and a tie or their armor uniform or that type of thing, they'll see you'll see the robes and, and the clothing of that individual. And it's okay to come in and it's okay to talk to, you know, talk to the person and talk to the, the family members in the area and just know that it's just part of the rituals and traditions of an LDS or commonly known as Mormon families, that that is what you'll find. Latter-day Saint is what I mean. Eastern Orthodox, they're going to be reading out of Psalms 118. There'll be some scriptures and prayers and some hymns that are going to be sung. There's a cantor generally that's going to be there. Let me tell you, one of the most beautiful voices I've ever heard personally in my life was a Russian Orthodox cantor. And a, 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 can, a cantor is the, the person that sings. And her voice, let me tell you, if you've ever wanted to hear what an angel sounds like, Oh, my heavens, I was in the Vancouver Funeral Chapel, a Russian Orthodox service, and the traditional Russian Orthodox priest came in. He had the long beard. It was beautiful. And he was in there, and he was swinging his incense, and the cantor was behind him, and he was coming in with his big cross, and they were walking. And the cantor, she sung so beautiful. It just echoed in the rafters. All through the chapel of the building, it was just beautiful. But anyway, I, I digress. But that's those are some of the things that you're going to be doing. Uh, there's going to be a visitation that takes place if they are having a visitation ahead of time. The mourners will circle the casket, the open casket, in an anti-clockwise manner. They will stop and take time to kiss the person who has died. They may lay some flowers on their chest as well or in the casket with the person. 
at the graveside, the mourners will follow the casket to the cemetery, and they will have a short graveside service there as well. And that's fairly true of the, the all these other religions as well. They'll have some sort, but they'll they'll process behind the priest, and there's a certain order that you'll want to put them in. And Eastern Orthodox is one of those religions that people don't remember a whole lot in the in the U.S. And there's actually, especially since we had a, a lot of influx of Russian families that have come to the states, the Russian Orthodox religion has become quite large in the in the country. So, I, let me tell you, this is one of my favorite subjects. This is one of the reasons that I do what I do. Because it's it's a it's it's an honor it's it's amazing to see people all around the world with different beliefs and different traditions and rituals. It's pretty cool, and it's, and let me tell you again and emphasize, it's an absolute honor to do. Well, we have reached that time in our podcast where we take a time and we take a moment and we remember all the families that are experiencing a loss, and we light a virtual candle in their memory. Let's take a moment. Well, we've covered a whole bunch of stuff. If you have any questions and comments, please send us an email at info at batemanpacificview.com. If you have a different uh, religion that you'd like us to cover, please send us an email at info at batemanpacificview.com. This has been The Last Track. I'm Brian Norris. You can find out more about Bateman Funeral Home at our website at batemanpacificview.com. You can visit us on our website, and you can also leave us messages there, or you can visit us on Facebook. If you have any feedback or any questions about today's episode, you're welcome to call us at 541-265-2751, or you can send us an email at info at We would love to hear from you. Make sure to listen to our other two podcasts in this trilogy. Please send us to your friends, and thank you for listening.